0: Welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jen. And I'm Mariana. We are former labor and delivery nurses who felt called to step away from the bedside after having babies of our own to be full-time birth doulas. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and everything in between. Join us here every Wednesday for a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of What The Bump. I am super excited for every episode, of course, but I am sharing my birth story. So I shared a little bit on Instagram and I am just super excited to talk through it. Like I always say on the podcast, I think talking about your birth helps you process your birth, helps you reflect. It's so healthy and it just I hope at least helps everybody to pull out all the beautiful moments along the way. So I'm going to talk a little bit about pregnancy, of course, um, about my birth and postpartum, how we're doing now. I did put a question box on my Instagram, so I also got some questions from people, and I'm going to answer all of those questions also. So I am so excited to get into this. But first off, starting off a little bit about me. My name is Jen. I am a ex former labor and delivery nurse, and I'm now a birth doula. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina with my husband and my 20-month-old daughter, Adeline. And we just had our second baby. We had him at home. Um, My first birth story is on the podcast. I honestly don't know what episode it is, but it's like Back in September of 2021, you can hunt back for it. But I had um, my daughter at a hospital that I was working at. I had a beautiful birth with her, unmedicated, um, pretty quick. It was about six hours total. So when it came to having our second, we planned a home birth, which I'll kind of get into on making that decision. But um, that is a little bit about me. I obviously host this podcast, and honestly, my main job is is being a doula and being a mom, and I love it. So. How me and my husband met, I'm kind of going through all the questions I normally ask people um, about my family and everything, but we met um, back in 2017. Our two best friends started dating, introduced us. Long story short, we got married, they got married. Now it's all great because we're all married and we're all best friends. Um, But my husband is a personal trainer. He actually owns a personal training studio called Inertia Fitness in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is right outside of Uptown, um, kind of like near the Panthers practice stadium, So shout out to him if you need any personal training, that is the place to go. He is just the best at what he does. Um, Diving into my pregnancy, finding out I was pregnant, were we trying, how was my pregnancy? We actually had talked about starting to try when my daughter turned a year old and again, we weren't not trying, but we weren't intentionally trying. So call it what you want. We all know what A plus B equals. Um, So actually her first birthday came around and I actually went to my Bible study and one of the girls, her son was um, doing like, I don't know. I think it'd be like the downward dog yoga pose, like hands on the ground, feet on the ground, but butt straight up in the air. And we were all joking because we're like, oh, that means that somebody in the room is pregnant or that the mom is pregnant of that kid, apparently when they do that pose. And we all like laughed about it or whatever. Well, a week later, Adeline randomly started doing that hands on the ground, feet on the ground, but butt right up in the air. I was like, that's weird. Everybody at Bible study said that that means that somebody's pregnant, or you're pregnant. Well, there was nobody else around when she did it. So I was like, gosh, I'm the only one. Um, so I literally took a pregnancy test because she did that pose and it came back positive. That was the the day of her first birthday. So we actually found out on her first birthday that we were pregnant. I was super early, probably like four or five weeks along um, and just had gotten that positive that day. I went and bought a book from Target that was called How to Be a Big Sister. And when my husband got home from work, he read her some books before bed and I had like three books picked out and he read her two of them. And then he got to the last one and he was like, how to be a big sister and like opened it to continue reading it and was like, oh my God, why do we have this book? And, you know, long story short, that's how I told him I was pregnant. Um, and we were shocked, really excited Again, we were going to start trying soon anyway. So the timing honestly lined up perfectly. A year I feel like was so perfect for us because, you know, we finally felt like we had our heads above water. She was a year old. She was sleeping really good. You know, we were in such the groove of being parents that it felt like the perfect time to have a second. Because I didn't want to wait until we fully got out of that newborn stage. Like my life is already controlled by naps and Um, you know, I have to be cognizant of everything that we go and do in timelines and things like that, because I do have a toddler. And so I was like, well, I'd rather, you know, kind of knock out a second now while we're already living like this, then wait until she's like three or four, not taking naps in school, pretty self-sufficient, and then kind of go back into that whole newborn phase. So that was our plan with pregnancy. My pregnancy was pretty similar to Adeline's. Um, I had a little bit of morning sickness about two weeks where it was really bad. I didn't really ever throw up much. Um, if anything, I just had a lot of nausea, a lot of food aversions, kind of your typical thing. Things um, for about two solid weeks was not fun, but again, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't the worst thing. I do remember in the moment though. Being so sick at one point, um, I told my husband, I was like, we are never doing this again. And, you know, who knows if we will, but it was not the worst thing ever going through my pregnancy. I knew off the get-go I wanted to have a home birth. I just, you know, with Adeline, I got to the hospital when I was nine centimeters dilated and had her pretty shortly after. I really hated the drive to the hospital and everything. And I just thought, you know, why not stay home? So right when I got that positive, I started interviewing midwives in our area and just trying to kind of find somebody who I felt like had, the same beliefs as me, the same views as me, um, somebody that I could trust. I think that your birth team is the most important thing around your pregnancy, because these are the people that are going to be guiding you along this journey. These are the people you're going to go to for advice, whether it be medical um, advice, emotional support, educational support. These are your people in your corner for arguably one of the most important, um, you know, times of your life. So I took it serious. I interviewed a handful of home birth midwives in the area. Um, it is a little bit of an underground network. I'm sure we've touched on this on the podcast, but home birth in, in North Carolina, it's a little bit weird because um, nurse midwife, or certified professional midwives, I'm sorry, aren't recognized. Um, their licensure isn't. So they kind of practice underground and stick their necks out because they believe that home birth should be a, a safe, beautiful option for a lot of women. So I interviewed midwives, found the midwife I wanted to use hired her. And honestly, my prenatal care kind of went along like it would a normal pregnancy. I had my first appointment at 12 weeks. Um, I did have an ultrasound around then. Also, I chose to have that. Um, And I went on and had appointments, you know, kind of on that routine schedule that you would at a normal practice. I had the options to participate in all the normal things that um, you could do at a practice as well. I could do blood work that I wanted, um, kind of pick and choose. I could do an anatomy scan. I could do um, a gestational diabetes testing. I could do kind of all of those different tests that are offered to an extent um, for a normal low-risk pregnancy. And it was great because it was all my choice. Nothing was ever forced upon me. It was, hey, these are your options. Do what you want. But ultimately, my midwife um, truly believes that pregnancy is a beautiful, normal thing that unfolds. So if I wanted to do nothing, that was also okay. I did opt to um, do, let's see, I monitored my own blood sugars for a couple of days, a couple times a day, just to make sure that they were in the normal range around that time that you would normally take the gestational diabetes testing. Um, I did have an anatomy scan. Um I did have routine lab work, blood work kind of done like you normally would in the first trimester, blood counts, platelets, all that stuff. I had my urine checked every appointment, my blood pressure checked every appointment. I was measured and dopplered or listened to um baby's heart rate was listened to every appointment. I was weighed every appointment. Um and a lot of it honestly was diving into like, "Hey, how are you feeling? How are you eating?" how is this going? Um, it was really so much more holistic. My appointments were so much longer, so much focused on being in tune with, with me and my baby and my body versus like, okay, Doppler, blood pressure, wait, bye. We'll see you next time. Um, I really, really loved the home birth pregnancy care that I got. It was just so laid back. I never felt stressed going to an appointment, and I felt like that with my first pregnancy. Every time I went, I would just be nervous. I don't know Why? Um, but especially being a nurse, but I just, I hated going to the doctor's office and my home birth midwife appointments would be, you know, at my midwife's house. It was so relaxed. It was in a beautiful little bedroom and I could bring Adeline and she would just kind of play. She loved to like try to listen to the baby. She would lay next to me. I remember at one um, appointment, she like laid by me and pulled up her shirt. Like she wanted her belly listened to and measured also. It was so cute. Um, but it was super fun. I really, really enjoyed it. My pregnancy was very smooth. I never had any hiccups, bumps in the road. I think that, you know, I didn't cherish it as much as I did my first pregnancy. And that is probably like the hardest part for me. Um, I'm sure so many second moms can relate to this, but I feel like when I was pregnant with my first, I was so present. I really enjoyed it. I just loved being pregnant. It was beautiful. And honestly, my second pregnancy, I just wanted to get it over with. I don't know if it's because my body, um, I don't know, maybe stretched and expanded more or what, but I felt a lot more sore, a lot more back aches, a lot more tired. And I honestly think all of that really has to do with the fact that I was also chasing around a toddler. I wasn't able to like sit and enjoy it and take naps and really lean into pregnancy. I was busy. I was distracted. I was moving grooving through everyday life and um if anything my pregnancy kind of felt like an inconvenience and I don't want to say that I like hated being pregnant cuz I did not. But, you know, when you're chasing around a toddler it's just not as enjoyable. It was like my belly was in the way all the time. My back was aching. I couldn't take her on walks like she wanted to because my sciatic hurt so bad. I couldn't even carry her very much because, you know, my belly ended up being huge by the end. And so if anything, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of an inconvenience being pregnant, um, which like I said, it sounds really bad, but that's really how I felt. That was the biggest, hardest challenge for me. I just felt like I just did not enjoy it like I did the first time around. And that's okay. It's just okay. It's just kind of how the cookie crumbles um, for me, at least with having a toddler. It was rough and that made it really, really hard. Um, Let's see. Leading up to my birth, with my first pregnancy, I did all the things, all the things. Like I said, you can go listen to my birth story podcast from that Pregnancy, but I did dates. I did red raspberry leaf tea. I curbed walk. I did the mile circuit. I was bouncing on my ball every single day. Um, gosh, did I do it all? I listened to so many podcasts and books, and you know, I really, really dove into it, and I loved that. And I'm so glad I did. Now with the second pregnancy, I was the opposite, and I kind of think it's a beautiful thing. I really trusted my body. I felt no need to. Eat dates, drink red raspberry leaf tea, curb walk, do the miles circuit, all this stuff. I felt like, you know what? My body did this really fast last time, really beautifully, and I don't want to do anything to make it go any faster because I also knew a second baby is going to come faster anyway. Um, Her labor, like I said, was around six hours, so I thought, you know what? We kind of tell people you can kind of think about your second birth being roughly half the time of your first. That does not always happen. Sometimes it's much quicker. Sometimes it's the same time. Sometimes it's even longer. But in general... I tell people, you know, you can expect second babies to take roughly half the time. So in my head, I thought, you know, my labor might only be three hours with the second baby. I don't want to do anything to ripen my cervix more, soften it more, get him lower, get him more engaged. That will all happen, um, you know, in the time that it comes. So honestly, people ask me all the time, you know, what kind of prep did you do this time? Nothing. You guys, I did nothing. I did not eat dates. I did not drink red eyes relief tea. I did a little bit of curb walking, maybe like three times ever, but my sciatic nerve was so bad. I really, really couldn't. Um, I didn't work out like I did the first pregnancy at all. I worked out till like the day I had Adeline. This pregnancy, I couldn't because I was in so much like back and sciatic pain. Um, I did the mild circuit one single time. Hated it. Always have hated it. It's just uncomfortable, Um, but I did do that. I did bounce my ball a little bit just because it felt good, but otherwise, I really didn't do anything. I think that when it comes to a second baby, the best prep, the most foolproof prep that you're ever going to do isn't going to be dates and red raspberry tea. It's going to be the fact that you've already had a baby. Already having a baby just primes your body. Your body knows what it's doing, and so I really wanted to lean into that and trust that. like I've done this before. My body knows how to do it again. And I really didn't want to rush along the process because I already had this fear of nobody making it to my birth. Um, I had a thought of like, gosh, I'm scared that this is gonna go so fast that nobody's gonna come. So my prep was kind of nothing. My prep was chasing around my toddler. <laughs> Um, And that is really all I did. Of course, I still, you know, am attending births for a living during this time and always, always learning about birth and listening to podcasts and all the things, reading evidence-based articles. So I guess you could count that as some more like educational birth prep. Um, around 37 weeks pregnant. I had a home visit with my midwives. They came over, brought my tub, set up my birthing tub. We set up my birthing area in our bedroom. I planned to labor in the bedroom. And then we have a big open area where we put the huge birth tub. And so the plan was then that I get in the birth tub and I give birth there. Um, we strung up some cute lights, some candles. I had a um, a speaker, and just really made this super, super cute environment um, to hopefully plan to give birth in. And after 37 weeks... 38 weeks came and went and 39 weeks came and went. And I was always measuring about, I think, two weeks bigger, one and a half, two weeks bigger than what I was. I felt really big. I could just tell he was big. And everybody told me, you know, oh, you know, you just carry second babies different. He's not going to be that big. Adeline was eight pounds, 11 ounces. So I thought he's a boy. He's my second. I feel way bigger. He's at least going to be nine pounds. I thought he was going to be more, but everybody, you know, kept on saying he's not going to be that big. You're going to be fine. Your body birthed Adeline just fine and it's going to birth him just fine. So around 39 weeks, I was getting really anxious. I just, like I said, I had this thought in my head of, real fears. Honestly, I did not go into this birth completely fear-free. I wish I could say that I did, but um, I think that everybody has some anxiety and fear when it comes to their birth. So I, number one, was afraid that nobody was going to make it to my birth. I had this thought in my head that, you know, what if he comes so quick, nobody gets here in time. Number two, I had this thought in my head of what if he's too big? Um, and I really had to clear that that last week. I texted friends, especially who were other doulas or in, you know, the birth worker field. And I would say like, hey, I need encouragement. I need you to tell me that this baby is not going to be too big, that he's going to fit through my pelvis beautifully. And um, I would literally just ask my midwives, my friends, um, fellow birth workers to like speak that over me and pray that over me that, you know, I was going to be okay because I, I just had those two fears in my head. And of course, with the fear of a big baby, Yes, I had the thought of what if his shoulders get stuck and I'm at home. So those were thoughts creeping into my head, coming into my birth. And I just tried to tell myself that that was not going to happen. I had the perfect birth team who knew how to navigate any emergency. We were prepared. My body has done this before. It will do it again. It's not going to grow a baby that is too big for me to birth, that you know, God knit this baby together in my womb to be perfect for me and my body and my family and everything in every way. And so I just really tried to lean into that. And it, and I was able to. It really did help um, that pa- that last week, truthfully. And um, let's see, the whole last week, the whole last two weeks, honestly, I was contracting tons of Braxton Hicks on and off. Never too super painful, just always annoying because they'd kind of get me excited and then they'd fade away. Um, and you know, I was just waiting every day. I was like, gosh, I hope I wake up and you know, I'm in labor and I would sleep through the night and wake up in the morning and not be in labor. And it was super frustrating because again, I wanted him out because I knew every day he was in, he was going to probably get bigger. Um, so I was like, you know, the quicker I can get this baby out of me, maybe I'll save an ounce or two off of him. So I went to bed the night before my due date, 39 weeks and six days. Um, it was the day before Memorial day. I was due on Memorial day, the 29th of May. And I went to bed. I was having on and off contractions, nothing too crazy. I actually did do a mile circuit that evening. Um, I did, what else did I do? I went and walked around Walmart with my husband and daughter, and then we got frozen yogurt. And then I did the mile circuit and then I had sex and then I went to bed and, um, went to bed at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock getting into my birth. It is the night before my due date, 11:05 p.m. on the dot. I roll over in bed. I was not in labor at this point. I was not having contractions. I was asleep. I was cramping and stuff, but like I said, I've done that every night for, you know, two weeks at most. So I rolled over in bed and my water broke. I felt just like this little pop and a little bit of dripping. Um, So I woke up my husband and I was like, I can't move. Grab a towel. If I move, it's going to go everywhere. So he jumps out of bed, grabs a towel. I put it between my legs and then I slowly get up. And sure enough, it was my water that started coming out. Um, Not a crazy ton amount, but, you know, I definitely had no doubt in my mind. It was my water. That was at 11.05 PM the night before my due date. I texted Mariana, who is my partner at What The Bump. She is also my best friend. She was also my doula. I texted her at 1109 and I said, hey, my water just broke. She didn't answer me. So I called her a few minutes later and I said, hey, my water just broke. I'm just sorry to wake you up, but I'm like low-key panicking. Um, I'm afraid that it's going to come on really quick. And she was like, well, are you having contractions? And I was like, well, no, but it just broke five minutes ago. And she was like, okay, lay down, try to go back to bed and maybe call me back in a little bit. And I was like, okay. Um, And then she called me back a minute later and she said, actually, that was stupid. I was half asleep. I know your labor is going to go quick. I'm just going to come on over. And if things don't pick up, I'll go back to bed at your house. And I was like, okay, good. That sounds way better to me. It would just ease my nerves to at least have her here um, for sure. Then um, about 10 minutes later, it was about 11 18, I texted my midwife. So this is 15 minutes after my water broke. I wanted to wait and see if contractions picked up within those first 15 minutes. It was nothing crazy. So I just texted her and I said, Hey, my water broke. I just wanted to let you know. And she didn't text me back. So I was like, "Ah, again, I just want everybody ready. I'm scared it's going to go quick, even though I wasn't having contractions. So I called her a minute later. It was about 11.20 p.m. And um, I called her and I said, hey, I did text you, um, but I just wanted to wake you up and just let you know my water broke, clear fluid. Um, I, I don't think I'm having much contractions, but I'm definitely crampy and like something's happening down there, but not distinct, you know, contractions. So she said, okay, why don't you try to lay down and go back to bed and call me back if things change? And I said, okay. So it was at eleven twenty p.m., fifteen minutes after my water broke. About two minutes later, I had a contraction, and then about three to four minutes later, I had another contraction, and I could tell that they were making cervical change within two contractions. Called my midwife back within five to ten minutes, and I said, "Hey, just kidding." I did just have two contractions. They were three to four minutes apart. And she was like, okay, I'm on my way. I'm heading your way. She lived about 30 to 40 minutes from me. So um, she started to head my way. I called Mary or no, I texted Marianna also at that time. And I said, Hey, actually like hurry. Um, because I just had two of them and they were, you know, kind of intense. So that was, let's see, right around 1120. It's so hard because the timeline is very cramped. Um, let's see within 30 minutes marianna got to my house I was definitely having contractions. They were picking up. They were intense. They were on top of each other I could tell it was moving extremely fast Within you know calling my midwife and marianna arriving at my house was about 20 to 30 minutes And everything had changed when she walked in I actually was calling my midwife back as she walked in the door And I was kind of starting to panic Um, it was a right before midnight at about 1150 and, um, I called my midwife and I was like, Marianna just got here. Um, they're, you know, 90 seconds apart, according to Ashton at that time, I was in another world. And, um, she heard me through a couple of them and she was like, okay, you know, I'm on my way. And I was like, you're not going to make it. Like I started totally freaking out. My worst fear was coming true. Nobody was going to be at my birth. Um, she was about 15 to 20 minutes away and she was telling me, you know, just to stay calm. Babies that come this quickly on their own, they do just fine to put some towels underneath me. Mariana was there, you know, and I knew exactly what to do because I've delivered babies before as a labor and delivery nurse. So, um, I knew it wasn't going to be the end of the world, but I really wanted my birth team there. Not only because I paid for my birth team to be there, but because I wanted them there. It was what I had envisioned. So, um, when I called her around 1150, um, like I said, she was still a little bit away and within a few contractions on the phone with her, she wanted to stay on the phone until she got there. I started to feel pressure in my butt and I knew exactly what that meant. I felt that with Adeline when I hit nine centimeters and I told her on the phone, oh my gosh, I am feeling pressure. I feel it. It's in my bottom. What do I do? And again she said, you know, you just keep on doing what you're doing. Um, and I yelled to Ashton to start filling the birth tub. She said, Don't even waste your time. You know, it takes forty five minutes to fill. You're not gonna be getting in the tub. And that I think is when I got I don't want to say scared, but when I was really like, Oh my God, this is happening. And this is really happening this quickly. I told her, I was like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if it's not pressure? I'm feeling in my butt. And she was like, "It it, it is, you, you know what you're feeling. I can tell by the way that you're talking, your contractions are 90 seconds apart. You're, you're going to have this baby very soon. Um, And I was so upset because this was not what I wanted. It was not what I planned. It was actually kind of my worst fear, truthfully for, for a couple of minutes um, but I am proud to say that I held that baby in until she got there. She um, arrived right around 12.06, so just after midnight. And um, when she got there, she I was hands and knees leaning up against my bed. Mariana was behind me doing hip squeezes. She said it's harder than she's ever done in her life. She felt like her chest was going to pop. Um, truthfully. I didn't really feel her doing the hip squeezes. If anything, yes, it was maybe a little distracting. Um, the only thing I really liked during my labor, it was just fast and furious, you guys. Nothing gave me pain relief and nothing was going to. It was so intense. It was, you know, I, I long story short, not to ruin the story, but it happened in an hour. So, you know, it was so intense and so fast and furious that there was nothing that was going to really truly help me except me trying to stay in control, stay calm, and birth this baby. So I had a plastic comb in my hand that I squeezed the heck out of. I think my palm was literally bruised after. Um, and then Mariana was doing hip squeezes. And we only did that for about a half hour because... A baby was born. Um, my midwife walks in, she has me take off my underwear because I don't know why I still had them on at that point. And she um watched me through a couple of contractions and said, Why don't you get up and try to go pee? I was like, Okay. And then the minute I stood up, I walked to the bathroom, I was able to pee a little bit. I had a contraction and I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. I jumped off the toilet, I could make it two steps and I fell on the bathroom floor in front of my bathtub. At that point, my midwife told Ashton, hey, why don't we at least start filling this bathtub? We have a kind of decent size like garden tub. So he started filling that at least. So I had it as an option to get into. And I just kept laboring, holding on to the edge of my bathtub um, on my hands and knees at that point that was about 12:15 so my midwife had been at my house for about 10 minutes and i had a contraction right there in front of the bathtub one contraction and i said i am pushing i'm pushing and i started to push when i started to push a huge four bag of water broke or well my four bags had broken earlier so i had like you know when it broke earlier in the night it was a not a huge amount of water when i started to push it exploded all of my water broke at that point Um, It was about 12.15 and I started to push and I pushed in that hands and knees position holding onto my bathtub for about eight minutes and it was very, 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 very intense. It just was. Um, it felt much more intense than when I birthed Adeline truthfully, I felt way more out of control. Although looking back at my birth video, um, I am really in control, but you know, in your head, it feels so chaotic. I just felt like it was crazy and I was all over the place and screaming. And that's not the case. I actually was not making a peep really. Um, I was just grunting and pushing and, um, it was really, really intense eight minutes of pushing, um, And I, I pushed in that hands and knees position the entire time he crowned extremely, extremely slow for a second time baby, which again is maybe an indication that, um, he was having a tight fit. So he started to crown and, you know, in the video, I just finally watched it for the first time last night. I I'm six days postpartum and I needed time to process. Um, I don't want to say process the birth trauma, but I, I needed to process my birth. So he crowns for a long time and then he comes down to like his nose and then he comes down to his eyebrows and then he hangs out there forever. And then finally he comes down to, or sorry, I said that in the opposite order, eyebrows, then nose, and then like to his chin. And then my midwife tells me like, okay, give him one more big push, get his whole head out. And I did. And then his whole head came out. But y'all, for a second, baby, I was a slow birth of the head and the slow birth of the rest of him. So head is out. Most second babies, um, once the head comes, the body comes. They kind of come in one fellow sweep because your body has done this before. Um, that was not the case for me. Braxton's head came out and then nothing else came out. And I stayed there and my midwife said, all right, I want you to put, put your right knee, put your right leg up and lunge. And I knew exactly what that meant. Um, you know, runner's lunge is something that you can use a great position to get into um, for a shoulder dystocia or just also um to prevent a shoulder dystocia i think at that point she knew you know he was definitely going to have a tight fit he was a bigger baby and the shoulders were were a little bit sticky so I put that right knee up and was lunging, um, on the bathtub. And she had me, you know, wait till the next contraction. And then she said, you are going to push his shoulders out. He is going to rotate and you're going to birth this baby. And I was like, okay, you know, and it really made me buckle down and get serious. And the next contraction came and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and his shoulders started to come. Um, and then I waited for the next one and same thing. And so my midwife ended up, um, putting her hands on his head a little bit and giving him a little bit of help. Um, She didn't have to like fully, you know, pull him out and have a shoulder dystocia or anything like that. We called them sticky shoulders. They were just a tight fit. And I think I have a reason for that, but she did help him a little bit. She kind of reached up, um, grabbed him under the armpits, um, and did help kind of wiggle the one shoulder down. But once she got that shoulder wiggled down a little bit, I gave my, push my all. She had me kind of actually pull up at that point. Um, And then she and then he fully delivered um, or he was fully birthed. And I look around once he came out and I am just dazed and confused. The video, you guys, I like wish I could share because it's so funny. I'm like looking behind me, looking under me. I'm like, what the hell? hell just happened. Where is this baby even at? What the hell? And I look up and they're like grab your baby. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I reached down under my legs and I grabbed him and I picked him up and you know, he was definitely a little bit stunned. He just had a fast and furious 1-hour labor and basically got squeezed through a toothpaste bottle. Um literally, and I'll share why I say that too, but I picked him up, and um, like I said, he's stunned. He is breathing. His heart rate is beating, but he is just taking a second. Um, I grabbed a towel and started wiping him off. He starts screaming and crying, and I'm just, like, kissing him, and it was this beautiful moment. Um, I, the first thing I say, I look up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was asleep an hour ago, and everybody just laughs. They're like, Yeah and I'm talking to Braxton and um, my midwife says, Hey, why don't you, you know, get in the tub? Um, Cause it was filled right in front of me. So I got in the tub and that was actually really nice. Me and Braxton just like sat and floated in this warm bathtub. My placenta started to come. So we, um, I delivered it, birthed it, and then we put it in a bowl and it floated kind of next to us in the bathtub while the cord finished pulsating. Going back a little bit, I will say during labor, My midwife had said um, when I started pushing, hey, why don't you get in the bathtub? That's right in front of you. It's full and you can at least get in there to birth. And I had this thought of like, no, I can't because he's going to need your help. And if I get in the bathtub, it's going to be hard for you to help me was the exact sentence that went through my head. Um, And so I said, no, I, I can't get in the bathtub. It's not right. And I didn't. And in hindsight, it's so crazy because that is that like motherly you know, birthing women intuition of, I knew that, you know, I knew Braxton was going to need a little bit of help. I knew that his shoulders, granted they would have came on their own had nobody been there um, because I was getting them out. But I had this thought of, I know my midwife is going to need to help him a little bit. So I stayed out of the bathtub and, You know, I'm glad I did because he did need a little bit of help. I will also backtrack and say I had two midwives. My second midwife got there. um, I believe as I was pushing, I didn't even know I got in the bathtub afterwards and I was like, oh, hi, didn't even know you were here. Um, So we have like so many, I think we had like three or four cameras recording. We had a tripod with my husband's camera on it. My iPhone propped up and then one of my midwives was also recording. So super cool. We caught all the pictures and videos um, and it was just, it was truly beautiful. He was born at 1224. So again, going back over that timeline, my water broke at five. I did not have contractions until about 1120 ish when I actually called my midwife back and said, Hey, you know, just kidding. 1120 1130. Hey, just kidding. I had a couple contractions come on over. Um, And then I had him at 1224. So it was an hour of active, actual labor and contractions, eight minutes of pushing. And you guys, he was 10 pounds. So that is why I say, um, you know, I knew I was going to have a big baby because I just knew I knew his shoulders were going to get a little bit sticky. I had that thought my whole pregnancy. Um, And again, you know, I don't want to say I had a traumatic birth, but everyone's like, that's amazing. You birthed a 10 pound baby in an hour. I totally agree. It is amazing. I'm so grateful. It was beautiful. We had the home birth we wanted. He is healthy. He is so cute and chunky. Um, But I would be 100% lying to you if I sat here and said, oh, I had this amazing home birth. And, you know, that would just be a lie. I definitely have a little bit of processing to do. I don't want to call it birth trauma because I wouldn't say I'm traumatized. I loved the experience. If I ever have another baby, um, I will definitely be having another home birth. Um, I I loved every part of it, but I have some processing of what went on that I need to do. Um, You know, and I think it all (laughs) revolves around the fear that was really real at one point when I really thought, when I had that pressure in my bottom, like nobody's going to be here. No one's going to make it. I'm processing that thought and that feeling that was really real in that moment to me. And I'm processing that moment where my, my my midwife had me put my knee up and I knew that his shoulders were struggling and that was my biggest fear. That was a really scary moment for me. And I really dug deep and tried to focus and, and got serious to get him out. But that was a little bit traumatic for me. Um, and then that moment he came out, he just took a minute to turn the corner. He looked beautiful. He was crying within, you know, truthfully – it was probably 10 seconds of birth. But to me in that moment, it felt like, you know, a whole minute or whatever. And so maybe that also has a little bit of processing that I have to do. Um, So all that to say, I just want to be really real and share my birth story that I had this beautiful one hour home birth of a 10 pound baby. My whole birth team made it. He is healthy. I am healthy. It was amazing. Um, But there may be a little bit that i just need to process and unpack and i think that that is really okay you can still have a beautiful birth and have bits and pieces of it that you want to talk about and you want to talk through and that you need to like marinate on and 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 come to terms with um so that really is my whole birth story i got in the tub after like i said Um, once my placenta or my cord stopped pulsating, we cut the cord. I got out of the tub, got in bed. It was amazing. It's like little fairies cleaned my whole house. The room was spotless. Everything was cleaned up. Um, and we just laid in bed. We nursed for a while. My midwives just hung out and we talked. Marianna, you know, sat in bed with me. So did my husband. And then they did a quick newborn exam, looked over every single part of him, weighed him, um, all the things, you know, told me some aftercare things that I totally forgot because it was like two in the morning and I was like, what the hell just happened still? Um, And then he nursed for like, you know, an hour straight and then he passed out for hours for like probably three or four hours. And I did not. My husband passed out. Braxton passed out. Everybody left my house. It was clean. Um, They brought me snacks and food and drinks. And then everybody left. And I laid there awake on Instagram for hours because I had this hormonal rush. I had adrenaline and oxytocin and I was just on this birth high and it was the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. So I laid on my phone forever and just scrolled Instagram and was, you know, looking at all the pictures from the night and really enjoyed it. Um, I was really tired the next day. But again, those hormones really carry you through those first little bit postpartum, it has been really good. Honestly, I cut out dairy early on with him around 37 weeks because Adeline had a severe intolerance to dairy. She had acid reflux, gas. Um, It was really, really, really rough those first eight weeks with her because um, it took us a while to figure out it was dairy and cut out dairy and everything. So this time around, I did it early on because I don't know if he's going to be intolerant to dairy, but I could not risk going through what I went through last time. And I will tell you right now, it has made all the difference. I know we're only six days postpartum, but Adeline, we started seeing signs by now of the gas and reflux. Um, She was so fussy and just really – miserable as a newborn. Truthfully, I really dreaded the newborn phase after her um, because it was really, really tough. And I've shared this before. It was tough. And Braxton, he thankfully has not shown any signs of that. I'm so blessed and fortunate. Um, He will lay on his back, which is something Adeline could not do for more than literally five seconds without freaking out. Um, he is so snuggly. He does not cry or fuss unless he wants to nurse, which I will say he nurses every hour. Um, he's a 10 pound boy. He's big. So he does nurse like almost every single hour right now, but that's okay. Um, you know, I went through the typical bleeding. I bled a lot less. I, my bleeding is so minimal even by the second to third day. My bleeding was really, really minimal. Um, and I felt really good. I was supposed to stay in bed. You know, people do the five 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 rule. So it's five days in bed, five days on your bed, five days around your bed. I won't lie, I did not do that. Um, I spent maybe like three days in bed, came downstairs for a little bit on the fourth day, and then a little bit more on the fifth day. And it's hard when you have a toddler because I just miss her and I want to come downstairs and eat with her and play with her. So, um, Otherwise, though, like I feel so much better, so much quicker. Sorry about that. Um, My bleeding has been less. My pain has been less. Um, I did not tear at all, which I do not know how to explain. But I'm telling you, it feels so much better down there. Um, I had a small right labia tear, and it was really sore for a long time. It really bothered me. I had to use ice a lot. This time around, none of that. Um, I have no tearing, no stitches. It feels so good. Nothing has been bothering me. If anything, the biggest thing is that I can just tell my pelvic floor is very, very weak. So if I'm walking or sitting or doing anything upright for a long period of time, um, I do get like really sore in my pelvic floor and my groin area. That is probably the worst part of it. Um, also backtracking a little bit with your first baby. You don't get many afterbirth pains. You nurse, your uterus cramps. It shrinks back to its normal size over however many days um, that takes. And that's the end of it. Your second baby, that same thing happens. The uterus cramps, especially as you nurse to shrink back to that normal size, to prevent blood clots from forming, all the things. But with your second baby, you get afterbirth pains that are really, really intense. Please, please hear me if you are listening. If you are about to have a second baby or a third, you know, they say each baby, it gets worse apparently. But Evelyn, I had no pain afterwards, like cramping wise. Not much, at least. This second baby, you guys, for about two and a half days, every time I would nurse, I would have afterbirth pains that are contractions. They feel like active labor contractions, super intense. But instead of being 16 seconds like a normal contraction, they're like four minutes long. So it's like these super intense long Contractions um, that are called afterbirth pains. And it happens when you nurse because your body is releasing oxytocin as you nurse, which is stimulating the uterus to cramp. So I had afterbirth pains that you guys like left me, I don't want to scare you, but like sweating in bed, feeling like I was going to black out. They were so intense. I'm not kidding. It was really bad. Um, My midwife said not to take ibuprofen or use After Ease, which is kind of like a tincture you can buy on Amazon kind of a homeopathic way to help, um, for 24 hours. I could not do that. I took ibuprofen the next day. I took after ease the next day. And I basically took ibuprofen and after ease around the clock. And this is coming from somebody who had non-medicated birth. I'm serious. It was really, really intense. It's a good thing though. You know, remember this is your body doing what it's supposed to do. Cramping, clamping down, preventing bleeding. Um, but those afterbirth pains, wow. Are they intense? Um, as far as sleep, I got a snoo from a client, a previous client. So I'm very grateful to be borrowing that. Um, He wants to co-sleep though. You know, we say babies go from nine months in you to nine months on you. And it's true. So we're doing a lot of co-sleeping, safe co-sleeping, but I do want to transition him into that bassinet. Um, I sleep better that way, honestly. So he has been doing a little bit of both. Um, When we co-sleep, we follow the safe sleep seven. I have, you know, one blanket tucked around my waist and below, super tight. I have one tiny pillow under my head. Otherwise there's nothing. He lays on his back. Um I lay on my side in a sea hold and kind of um clamp my arms around him in a way. And we try to make it as safe as possible because it's all about survival right now. So um, you know, people say, I'll never co sleep. Well, c- call me after you have your first baby, okay? And then tell me about that. Um so that is kind of what our sleep looks like. It's on and off. I am having some help come to help me at night, which I'm super excited for twice a week um, just because I'm exhausted and I have a toddler too. And Ashton's gonna be going back to work next week. So um, shout out to Taylor. Um, her her website or her um, company is... it's mama newborn care mama bear newborn care message me if you need a postpartum doula i will hook you up she's amazing i love her so much she's a great friend of mine so she's going to become we're going to be coming and helping me if you're in the charlotte area seriously let me know if you need a postpartum doula her whole team is just amazing um let's see i actually am going to answer some questions so i put that question box on my instagram Somebody said, um, congrats. I know you said things went fast. How did you mentally cope? I did not mentally cope is the answer to that. Um, it was one hour. It was so fast. I never even processed. After he came out is when I finally looked up and said, oh my God, what just happened? I was asleep an hour ago was my words. Um, so mentally coping during labor did not happen. And again, that's why I feel like I'm looking back and having to process a lot because it didn't happen during labor. You know, Adeline's labor was six hours. I was able to process and know I was in labor and do certain things I wanted to do and use the tub and use my re- And get counter pressure and hip squeezes and get to the hospital in time. And that was only six hours. Um, This baby. It was so fast and furious that I felt panicked the whole time. I was really, I was afraid. I was afraid that nobody was going to make it and, and all the things I already talked about. So I mentally processed, um, that's happening right now, mentally coping. I am just trying to look back on it and see it as such a beautiful and positive thing while also allowing the feelings of, Hey, parts of that were kind of scary for me. Um, I'm trying to allow those feelings to come and to acknowledge them and to be okay with them. Um, but see it as a positive experience, I will say. Um, how are your newborn screenings being handled? So the hospital does twenty four hour testing on newborns. It's a hearing test, a um, CHG heart or CHD heart test, where they test oxygen saturations at the hand and foot, um, a jaundice test, and a PKU, which is like a little heel prick blood test. So. My um, home birth midwives do my PKU, the heel prick blood test, Um, the hearing screen. I can choose to go get done. But I think if your baby is deaf, you will know they will not startle at sounds. And eventually it'll be very evident and obvious. Not much they do this young anyway. So for me, that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, let's see the pulse, uh, the oxygen saturation on the hand and foot. Um, again, not something we did. He pinks up beautifully. He breathes just fine. His body's distributing oxygen. I actually have an outlet sock anyway, and I did test his oxygen on his hand and foot because I'm crazy like that. So he passed. Um, and then jaundice. Jaundice is yellowing of the skin um, that babies get from high bilirubin levels. I'm using my own eyeballs to test for that. Um, I, you know, I know what a yellow baby looks like, and he is. Um, you know, they, they poop out jaundice so or bilirubin. So he is pooping. Oh my gosh, you guys. Like I said, this kid eats every hour. He is pooping around the clock, peeing around the clock. He, I promise you, has pooped out any bilirubin he needed to. Um, he has no yellow tinge to him. My midwives also come and do checkups and they're like, he looks beautiful. There is not an ounce of yellow to him. So that is my newborn screenings. Um, mainly my midwives do the one and the other three are kind of, you know, maybe not needed in my instance. Um, how primal were you during your one hour labor and delivery? Um, I would say pretty primal because it was the only option I had. I didn't have a chance to like think logically like, oh, let me use my, like I said, let me use my rebozo for a little bit. Let me get in the tub. Let me get in the shower. Let me get and try these all different positions that come with more like knowledge base. I just moved with what I could because it's all I could do. Um, so, you know, that. I would say as primal as it gets while panicking. (laughs) Um, Are you circumcising, if so, with urology? And can you share why? I'm not circumcising. Circumcision is completely cosmetic. There is no medical benefit to circumcision. There are amazing documentaries. Message me if you want to listen to them. Um, Amazing documentaries about circumcision. But it is like doing plastic surgery on a baby's penis. Um, Another reason why I will share, um, I have seen a female... Birthing who was circumcised um, and that sounds terrible when you say it out loud But why is it terrible that a female was circumcised and that will scar you for the rest of your life to see But then we can circumcise males and it's no big deal. I I disagree. I think that it's It's pretty bad no matter what um, you know, some people will call it general mutilation is what they call it for a woman to be circumcised and it's where they You know cut off the clitoris and everything like that Um, but we do it to little boys and so we are not circumcising that is why it is cosmetic. There is no reason I've, I've, uh, assisted with probably a hundred or more circumcisions as a labor and delivery nurse. Um, and it's also painful. I mean, you're, you're taking the foreskin off a baby's penis. Let's not act like that's not something that, you know, yeah, we numb the area, but, but okay. Like it's still, you know, you're still doing surgery on a baby. Essentially, um, was Adeline at your birth and how did your dog handle it? No, it was at midnight. So Adeline was asleep. Thank goodness, Um, my dog, we actually put him in the guest room and then we let him out afterwards and he was fine He he knew something happened. He was a little bit weird and nervous, but He just sniffed the baby and kind of kept on going. He was he was fine with it. I guess (laughs) Was your daughter there? No, like I said, it was midnight. Thankfully. She slept through the whole thing We did bring her in the next morning and it was really really cute. She was so excited What did you do differently this time to repair other than getting the home birth stuff? So I kind of touched on this. Um, I planned the home birth and the biggest thing I did differently was trust my body and my baby. I did not put stress on the prep and all the things to do. I just really leaned into the fact that I've done this before and I can do it again. Um, Since you had both a home and hospital birth, can you compare the pros and cons? Yeah. um, Pros of a home birth, the first intervention is leaving your house to go to the hospital. And we talk about the intervention cascade and how things can happen after that. So for me, I didn't even want to do that. I wanted to stay at home. I wanted everybody to come to me. I didn't want to have to like get my baby in a car postpartum to come home or drive to the hospital during labor. I wanted to stay in the comfort of my house where I had everything I needed. I didn't have to pack a hospital bag or anything that is is the biggest pro it's amazing everybody comes right to you you are in your own bed your own house your own environment nobody is walking through the door that you don't know um you know at the hospital you're in a sterile bright room with people who you do not know a nurse you don't know a physician or midwife you probably don't know and multiple other hospital staffs that you don't know Um, so that's the biggest benefit to me. I loved being at home. I got right in my own bed after birth and I stayed there, watched TV in my room, had my kitchen, my food, no gross hospital food to eat. Um, and I really, really liked that. Also, nobody coming in, waking me up, poking and prodding at my baby, taking his vitals, all the things. I don't need any of that. You know, we had a healthy, normal, low-risk pregnancy, unmedicated birth. Um, nobody checked, you know, all of our vital signs and stuff for every three hours after. And I really like that. We just got to sleep and recover and be how is recovery going? Are you doing the five, five, five? I touched on that recovery is going really great, much better than it did with Adeline. And I birthed a baby much bigger. Um, So I think just birthing in that upright position was key for me not to tear. Um, Adeline, I actually did birth on my back and I did tear. So very interesting. Um, Five, 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 I'm trying to do, but I'd say it's a modified five, five, five. (laughs) Um, which is that five days in bed, five days on, five days around. I am trying to be in bed as much as possible, but I also do want to spend time with my daughter, um, my toddler. So trying to balance that. Did you have tearing? I did not have any tearing. Um, If you birthed during the day, would you have had Adeline in the room, like a home birth with other kids? No, I would not have had her in the room. I had a friend lined up ready for every day of the week to come and get her. Um, I would not have had her in the room because I don't want to scare her. Um and I just wanted to be able to focus and bring this baby into the world and have them meet afterwards in in a way that was you know not looking like I was in pain or anything like that. I wanted it to be really positive for her. Were you nervous and scared leading up to your birth or during it? What was your emergency plan? So I did share this. Yes, I was nervous and I was scared. Totally, I had to clear a lot of those fears. Um, emergency plan. My midwife's handle. You know, it depends on what it is. If it is almost anything. I mean, I think it requires, you know, calling 911 and transporting to the nearest hospital, which to me is Novant Huntersville. Um, but it depends on the emergency. If it's postpartum hemorrhage, same thing. You know, they really take care of that. They do have emergency equipment. So if it was baby needing help to transition, they have the things to help the baby to give oxygen, to give breaths, to do all of that. If it was me hemorrhaging, they have herbs and actual medications like Pitocin and side attack and things that they do in the hospital to give me also. Um, depending on what the emergency is, they would have handled it to the extent that we can at home, which is almost normally fully. Um, but if it was something that needed transport, they will transport and handle the, you know, calling of 911 and all of that. Um, they said, I want to know all of the things. How did you prepare and. did your expectations compare? So I think I've covered both of those. Um, my preparation was trusting my body and my expectations. Um, I do think compared, I knew it was going to be quick and it was, and you know, in the end it was, it was beautiful. Um, sorry if it's TMI. I'm dying to know if you had sex the night that your labor kicked in. I did. So whether that was what did it or not, I couldn't tell you, but I think it was part of it. Tips for home births, how to plan and prepare. Birth team, birth team, birth team. Hire a birth team you trust. Hire a doula, hire a midwife or two, um, and trust them. Lean into them as your support, as your people. The minute my midwife walked the door, the weight that came off my shoulders, I can't even describe it to you. And that's because I trust her and I knew I needed her there with me. Um, So when you do that um, and create your birth team around that, I think that that is the best thing you can do to prepare for your home birth. Um, did you have a feeling your labor was going to be fast? Absolutely. Because Adeline's was six hours, but I was hoping for three hours, not one hour, (laughs) but I did know it was going to be fast. Sorry. I just ran through all those super quick. You guys, that's all the questions that I got, at least that I had screenshot. Um, I do have a baby who needs to nurse though. Who's waking up? So That is the summary of my pregnancy, my crazy one-hour home birth of my beautiful 10-pound baby, and I wouldn't change anything that happened. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I love love just talking about it because I love processing it. I think it's a healthy, amazing thing to do, and I hope I answered all your guys' questions. If you have any more questions, feel free to DM me over Instagram. I am always open to answering any of them, and I appreciate you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at whatthebumpclt. Check out our website, whatthebumpclt.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.